Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. This episode, I always say these episodes are interesting, but I really think this episode is going to be a very fruitful episode because I've had general questions, I've had conversations, and, and I've consulted in this space as well. So I, I kind of like appreciate what Amy does, and she does it on, on a particular level and scale to actually help entrepreneurs, help retailers. So what we're going to be talking about today, and by, by her nickname, you're going to know, right? I'm going to call her the Ecom Traffic boss. So we're going to like really dive into the the e-com platform and keep in mind, traffic is something that's universal, but e-com traffic is essentially different than any other traffic, right? I mean, again, you're going to have a a storefront or you may have a digital storefront. So kind of figuring out how to move the traffic between these environments is something that's definitely going to be fruitful for any business owner that has an online platform. So without further ado, Amy, the floor is yours. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about you and what we're talking about today? That's awesome. SA, I'm I'm just so excited to be here. This is great. And um, yeah, so the background is if you're a retailer, Main Street or you know, online e-commerce, um, that's the place to be. There's so many businesses that shuttered just during the last couple of years because of, you know, the pandemic. I mean, like, you know, whatever your thoughts are on it, businesses were closed and that it doesn't have to be. So getting on e-commerce, if you're a main street store, you need to be online. If you're online, you need to know how to get people into the store. And there are two totally different ways of selling. So if you're selling offline and you're selling online, they're two different animals. And that's what I help people with. Cool, cool. So, I mean, obviously part of doing my due diligence and I found that you had like this case study and it was like a remarkable case study and it was like $81,000 in six weeks. Okay. First of all, anyone that's that's an e-commerce that's first starting out, like I I don't want these numbers to be kind of scary numbers, but first of all, how did you do it? I'm sure that client is one of those clients that's probably ringing your phone off the hook left and right, trying to figure out how they could do more. Let's talk about that case study for a minute. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a good job finding that because that was a couple of years ago. Um, so that particular one, the client came to us, uh, me and the team and <laughs> excuse me, they, there was so much stuff that was broken on the inside of their store. You know, they're, um, and so the basic one, two punches. They had the store, it was on Shopify. That was the selling platform. And then Facebook ads, that was how they were getting traffic to the store. But there were problems, like many, many problems, like so many things broken inside the store, inside the Facebook account. Took me six weeks to untangle it. It was like a a ball of yarn, you know, and just untangling and pulling and oh, that made a knot. No, that, you know. So in six weeks, I had the thing all straightened out. And I was the lead tech on that particular, you know, account. And so we got it going, turned on the ads, made sure that they were tracking properly and all the technical stuff that happens under the hood. And then, you know, they weren't a brand new business. All right. So $81,000 in six weeks. That's great. That's what we were able to do. Um, But, you know, we weren't able to do that before because, of the tracking being a problem and you couldn't send people to the 
add to the store and have them convert. I mean, there were just so many problems with it. So and that was just one of many. Uh, shortly after that, I had another client who was selling um, $100 dresses, right? And then, you know, in a matter of weeks, I got the cost per acquisition, cost per sale down to $3, you know, per dress. So, you know, obviously that's not all profit. It was gross revenue, but, you know, that's the kind of thing that we shoot for with every client. Very cool. And I mean, you're saying all these different terminologies and, and, and I think you and I are going to have a great episode because, you know, I speak your language and we're going to like really geek out. And I think one of the things that you just said, and I think it was a, it was a hell of a segue and, and, and a, a major nugget. You were talking about the Facebook pixels indirectly. So yes. I want you to kind of talk about it. I mean, anyone that adheres a pixel, they're like, is that a square on screen? What the hell is a pixel? And yeah. what does it have to do with Facebook? But I want you to kind of like describe the functionality of the pixel and why is that such a powerful tool? If you're not using it, what opportunities are you missing out on? Yeah, absolutely. So every um, advertising platform, whether you're on TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram, so they work together. Um, you install a tracking code into your website and that tracking code is called a pixel. Now, don't confuse that with cookies. Cookies are different. I mean, you, you know that you have a, a technical background. So, but at the end of the day, whether you're talking about pixels or cookies, it's tracking. And so you need to be able to track people as they go through your website. So you put a pixel on there, you put just this, and it's a little piece of code. It's you know, a few lines of code, like not much. And um, when someone comes on the site, they get pixel dust on their feet. And then you can tell when they go anywhere. Now, the good thing with this is um, that used to work really well. And the bad thing with this now is um, it's not really bad. It's privacy. You know, we want privacy. Privacy is good. We want to be able to say who gets my data and who doesn't. And, you know, so recently I started offering to my clients and some others a piece of software that helps with anonymous tracking. And um, so that's an add-on, you know, in addition to a Facebook pixel, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, um, to be able to get more control. But at the end of the day, here's what store owners are interested in. They want control of the business. They want to be able to say, I want to pull people into the store sell a certain number of those people things and do it again tomorrow. And so between the ad platform pixels and the software that I'm now offering and the ads and everything you do to make sales, now we can make things work really well. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm gonna keep going down this rabbit hole because yeah. I, mean, I think this, this is definitely informative information for anyone that's, that definitely wants to jump into this space. So uh, I read some, uh, it was, a, I think, a testimonial on, I don't remember if it was LinkedIn or your webpage, but it was someone that was talking about the audience insight. And again, if you don't know about Facebook, you don't know about Facebook ads, like the audience insight tool is like the bread and butter of that entire platform. Without that, 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 aspect of it, you're essentially wasting your money. And the review was saying something along the lines that they were wasting money. And then obviously you help them out. And by helping them creating the audience within a couple of days, they had a higher conversions, their yeah. cost per acquisition went down a little bit lower. So I, I want you to kind of talk about, you know, you talked about pixels, Lila, let's move into mm -hmm. like the audience insight tool going into this market sector. 
Yeah, absolutely. And just as a differentiator, just to clarify for this particular uh, organization that, that you're asking about, that particular one <clears throat> wasn't talking about audience insights. It was an audience within an ad campaign okay. that I had built for them. Now, uh, to their credit, they were doing a really good business when they came to me, but anything that's good, you can always make it better. And so they were at, I don't remember exactly, but I want to say um, 15,000 a day, you know, in, in revenue. And we were able to get them over 20,000 a day. But so here's the important thing about what you're asking. Every piece of marketing that you do, you know, this, it starts with who? It starts with who am I talking to? And you have to get that right first before you do anything cool with technology or colors or messaging or anything, whatever it is that you like about the business, you have to know who you're talking to first. And so that's what that particular testimonial was about. They had a lot of their audience dialed in, in that particular ad campaign. I got in there and showed them some tricks and, you know, it really, it, it narrowed the field. But what that did was explode revenues for them. Wow. So, I mean, I think the key word from them from that statement is like the who, right? So like we're talking to you and we're learning about you. So if you could define yourself in three to five words, what would those three to five words be? Oh, I'm a little bit serious. I'm a little bit intense. Hmm. Um, I'm a little bit focused. Uh, uh, driven. That's that's four. Yep. I think I landed it. Yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely, I definitely see that. I mean, even even like watching your content and, and, and listening to, to like the way you speak about what you speak about in your particular topic matters, like you're 100 percent zoned in on, on that particular bit of information. So let's talk about like the negative side of, of what you do. Right. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. on the positive side, you, you help with revenue, you help with conversions, you help with, with like um, acquisition costs, you help with all these different things. And obviously you're helping grow audiences as well. Mm -hmm. But what is the worst example that you can kind of talk to without naming names? of a client that you've dealt with that, you know, essentially turns your hair gray and you wanted to pull it out. <laughs> it's there right now. So um, yeah, the, the kind of client who, when we work best together, I'm able to hear what they want and they're able to do what I suggest, hmm. you know, just like any, you know, if you go to a financial advisor and they say, do this. And they're credible. You know, they have to have the shops to, to do what they're teaching. But if, if you go to that financial advisor and you know they've got the know-how and the background and the vehicles to get you there, and you go and you ask them questions, and then you don't do what they say, mm -hmm. well, shame on you. And so that's the, the people who I've had the most difficulty with are, are people who just didn't do what I asked. And for a while, people in the group were joking about, you know, just like hashtag do what Amy says. And, you know, people were saying things like, you know, well, I made this change and an hour later, the sales started coming in. Yep. <laughs> it's just like that. So, and there are people in my world that I listen to too. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not boss of the universe, although, you know, I think of myself that way, kidding, but you know, just, you gotta, you have to have people ahead of you and you have to have people behind you, you know? And so right there in the middle is where I like to be bring, helping, helping to bring people along where they want to be. I think that that's a, that's a solid point. I mean, obviously 
if you are the top of the top, then, you know, where's the ambition to continue to grow, right? Like where yeah. is the leading or following by example, if you're the best of the best. So, I mean, obviously being in the middle and I always say like the Boston cage podcast is not necessarily the Joe Rogan, the 1% of the 1%, but I always say like, we're the upper middle class of podcasting. So it's yeah, opportunity to grow, but we're not at the bottom of the barrel. So, I mean, I think that that's a, that's a hell of a point. So let's talk about, like like your your global experience, right? I mean, obviously you've been on this this journey for a minute. You, I think you, your numbers are something like tens of thousands of people that you've helped or clients you've helped. Well, in perception, right? Somebody's probably hearing you for the first time. They may mm-hmm. you was an overnight success, but in reality, how long have you been on your your odyssey to get to where you are currently? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in business all day, every day since April of two thousand eight. Um, and then before that, it was part time. And, you know, so I got my first email address in 1996, I think. And, you know, just sort of, it took off from there. I mean, I, I got a computer shortly after that. Um, <clears throat> I bought a list. I wrote a letter and I did a, a just a, a little project thing to see if I could sell stuff online. And I sold a bunch of stuff on eBay when eBay was only a couple of years old and it took off from there. But, you know, for me, my work is when I wake up in the morning, I have a little bit of quiet time, focus my mind and then get on to the day. And uh, usually that's anywhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And then just go and, you know, I study marketing, I study advertising, I study sell- selling. You know, I nurture relationships because at the end of the day, you got to know your craft and you have to know the people that you're working with. And that's what I do all day, every day. I think that that's very cool that, I mean, to the point to where people, they, they hear sales, they, they, they hear front store, back end store, online store, offline store. But in reality, mm-hmm. you're really boiling it down to understanding sales and marketing, right? Understanding these strategies, mm-hmm. these techniques and the advertising. So like, I think for you, you're a real big physical product person per se. I mean, based upon what we talked about so far, like you have learned how to sell these physical products. So my question is like, why did you go the route with the physical products? Like you said, with eBay versus going like just digital products. You know, that's a good question because for myself, much of my business is information based. Mm-hmm. For most of my clients, they're physical product based. Mm-hmm. And we've done, you know, everything from eBay, Etsy, Etsy Amazon, WooCommerce, um, BigCommerce, Shopify, you know, like all the platforms. <laughs> At the end of the day, it all boils down to the same thing. Who's on your list and what's your offer? Mm-hmm. Who's on your list and what's your offer? And then um, the other thing that, you know, looking back, I realized that I've always been on the beginning edge of whatever is happening next so like when i first got started online i was in content well who knew that you could write a bunch of articles and you know we didn't call them blogs then it was just a website and i built a website and had a bunch of articles and you know people came and read stuff okay cool now what are you going to do and i i made some ebooks and i sold those so you know i got my start in information but you know, web 2.0, which is where you can actually engage with people that wasn't a thing. Well, then it became a thing. And now we're getting into the software that I was alluding to a little while ago, the ads group system. 
Now we can track people the way enterprise businesses track people. They've they've never all you know all the problems that we're having on the ads platforms now. Enterprise businesses don't have those problems, so that's what I'm able to offer small business now. But again, you're only as good as your data, your list, and your offer. What are you selling, and how are you selling it? Hmm. It's definitely interesting. So I mean, on that journey, right? I mean, obviously, you're talking about your primary bread and butter is essentially information, but what you're helping these clients with is essentially physical. My next question kind of makes me, I'm, 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 I'm thinking, I'm processing in my head. Like, I mean, there's so many different ways I can, I can go with this, right? Yeah. If you can go back in time and change one thing on your journey, right? Like, like when would you go back to and, and what would you change or what would you say to yourself to make these changes happen a lot faster? Ooh, that's a great question. Because, you know, I look back all the time and I'm like, oh, this could have been so different. Um, you know, and, and I'm, my first inclination is to say that I would take an interest in my personal health earlier. You know, I, I just I just had a big birthday and like it incentivized me to, you know, do some healthier things. Um, and, you know, so maybe that would have been the thing. But um, I don't know. I You know, the the thing about looking back. All right. So I, I have two. I have a rule and I tell people this all the time. If you ask me a question, it can't be hypothetical. Don't ask me hypothetical questions because I don't know. You know, like, Amy, what would you do if someone shot your dog? Well, I don't know. You know, so like, how could I respond to that? Right. So, but the other thing is don't look back with regret. Don't look back with regret. I, th I think that's the probably the best way that I could answer your question is, you know, don't look back with regret. Would I have done things different? I mean, I'm an extreme introvert mm -hmm. and I'm highly motivated by relationships with people. There's some conflict there. And so that's been for me, like, you know, I don't want to self-promote. I've been, I've been back of the house, like most of my career. And now just now, you know, 14 and a half years into my business, I'm starting to promote. Mm -hmm. I've been referral based. I've been like word of mouth for over 14 years. And just now I'm starting to promote. So, and I think, you know, the, the slowness that would not work in a product, a physical product business. You have to put the word out there about, you know, what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. But with a service business, you can grow slowly like that. Um, but it's all, it's all relationships. And, um, you know, I'm very proud that, you know, where a lot of my colleagues, associates, competitors measure their client relationships in months, I measure in years. So, um, you know, the, the relationships, building integrity with the people that I'm working with and the people who ask me questions, um, you know, that's huge. I, I guess to come back to your question, I don't think I change anything. I'm, I'm happy, you know, even with the, the, the things that I don't like about life and business, I'm, I'm happy with all of it. Very cool. So, yeah. I mean, this, this, this continue and keep traveling backwards and, and I'll change the structure of this next question, right? Like what kind of kid were you? I mean, obviously you're saying like you're very 
laid back, but at the same time, you like to build relationships. So I would kind of see you kind of being a kid that with your friends that you had back then, some of them you may have right now. So, I mean, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but like, let's talk about you as a kid. So, and I'm asking you this question because the listener, they may have this child sitting in their living room right now, Mm. and then you could probably give them an eye opener to kind of realize how to help their kid grow and scale. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so, that is a perfect question. So, you're listening to this podcast with your child or a child who's a friend, <coughs> help them explore. Just help them explore. I mean, I think I was 11 and 12 years old. My mother sent me to um, a computer camp for a week, learning how to program in basic. I mean, that was just brilliant. I, I didn't know the first thing about computers or what programming was, but I went there and did that thing. And, and that is a lifelong memory, you know, where I could, you know, just be excited that, you know, somebody looked and saw potential there. And, um, you know, it was only in retrospect that I could see the value in that, in that experience. Um, so if you have a kid who's with you, you know, see what they like, see what their natural aptitudes are. Um, and help them discover what's out in the world. I have a friend who not too long ago was complaining to me that her son only likes to play computer games. And I said, well, gaming is the basis for a whole lot of, you know, advance in technology culturally. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. You know, she's worried that he's getting a very narrow experience of life, but if that's what he's interested in, you know, there, there are other ways to engage with people. And the world is changing very quickly. Um, and, you know, engaging online happens all the time on like Twitch and YouTube gaming. And, you know, there are all kinds of ways to make that a good thing. So don't make it bad. The world's changing very fast. Very cool. Very cool. So, I mean, with that, and I'm putting you back into your adolescence, right? So, no, don't put me there. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of trying, trying to like to paint this picture, right? So I mean, obviously yeah. you grew up in, in a particular household. Like, were there any entrepreneurs that you were surrounded by? It could, it could have been one of your parents, an aunt, or an uncle. Like, where are you getting this entrepreneurial insight from? I don't know where they came from. I, I think I think I I think I was born with it because I don't know anybody who's an entrepreneur. I don't know anybody who you know my my mother. <laughs> My parents are both still living. And my mother says, Amy, I don't know what to tell people that you do. And that's just always been true. I mean, I, I just, it, it's outside of her scope of, you know, how the world fits together. I mean, we, we talk about it and she knows I, I work, so that's good. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's funny. For the, the listener that's listening, you heard that that moment of silence. But if you're watching the video, you can kind of see she's really like trying to like recap and think and process. Like, was there anyone like? But I mean, to your point, I mean, I think entrepreneurs are there's two different types of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that are like born into it and entrepreneurs that grow into it. Right. So like what you're saying is like you were just born that way. So I mean, that kind of my next question is like, were you kind of like the kid that had like a little side hustle growing up? Or when did you start to really become an entrepreneur? Yeah, I tried to have a side hustle. I think I was seven or eight years old. So that means it was the mid seventies. Okay. And 
my parents had a house on a dead end street. So it was just very quiet. Well, one day I decided I'm going to go sell water. I didn't have any lemons. I didn't have any lemonade mix or Kool-Aid or anything. <laughs> I go outside. I'm going to start selling some water. It's hot. So my mother said, no, you can't do that. Well, guess what? Dasani and, you know, all these, everybody sells tap water now. You know, she's like, no, you can't do that. Well, I was 20 years ahead of my time. And that's the way I choose to look at that story. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, squashing a dream. You know, she didn't want her daughter hanging out in the street, first of all. So, you know, that's one thing. But, you know, you don't sell your neighbor's tap water. Um, that, that was what she saw. I saw a business opportunity. I saw a hot day with thirsty people. Well, I mean, you have the hustle, the hustler's insight for, for sure. Yeah. So just this, this talk about like, okay, so obviously that's the way you grew up. You, you kind of were just born into it and you were kind of leading the pack. How do you currently like juggle and manage like your work life with your family life today? You know, uh, we don't have any kids. My partner and I both work from home and, you know, we just, I have a very quiet life and I like it that way. Um, you know, like I said, I get up early, I have quiet time, good work. And, uh, you know, my, what my aim every day is to reach people so that I could be helpful to them. And when I'm running, a, it's a service business. It's, it's no accident that it's called a service business. It's my job to be of service, you know? So how am I going to do that? How am I going to reach people during the day? Am I going to write a book or an article or, or, you know, talk to people like I'm like, I get to meet you today and who knows what will come of this, you know? And then, uh, you know, um, just be of service. I mean, look to see, look to see what I can bring. And my focus happens to be e-commerce retail businesses. Hmm. That happens to be my focus and my specialty because I have a technical ability in that field. So I don't go breaking that up and, and go looking for different fields to go work in. Hmm. You know, I just, I stick there and, uh, and that's what works. And so when people reach out and they have questions, sometimes I give, sometimes I charge. You know, I mean, I, I have a program, I have books that I sell, I have, you know, software subscription, you know, there are all these things that people can buy into. But if they have a question, sometimes they just call or, you know, chat or Zoom or text or whatever. And um, sometimes I just give. So, you know, it's, I'm not going to get all woo woo, but there's a lot of good energy behind all of that. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I could definitely sense that. So, I mean, obviously you give and, and by giving you get back in return and that's just the philosophy that you live by. And I would think, you know, if some people or other businesses would live by that, then obviously they can go to bed at night without keeping one eye open, watching their back all the time. Right. That's right. So I think earlier on, you were kind of mentioning like some of like your general routines. And if I'm, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I think like you went to school for, for like writing. Is that correct? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got a, a four year degree in English. And I like to say that when I got to college, I could read. And when I got out of college, I could read and write. So with that reading and writing background, do you think that that that's helping you? Because I mean, obviously, again, you're, you're writing essentially copy. You're probably helping them with their emails. You're probably helping them with their headlines. You're probably helping them with even titling on their products. Did that come into play to where you are right now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything back to um, watching cartoons on a Saturday morning when when I was a kid and, um, you know, a, a, a 
commercial comes on during the middle of the Pink Panther, you know, don't change the channel. I want to watch the commercial. And I was just always like that. I like commercials. I like advertising. I like, you know, I mean, yeah, sometimes the TV show is okay, but I want to see the commercials and um, that that's turned into something. So, you know, when I help with the business, usually it's a trifecta. Usually it's Shopify for the sales platform, Clavio uh, for the email platform, and Facebook ads uh, for the you know traffic generation. We can go in a bunch of different directions with all three of those, but that's that's the basic you know uh, triangle of the the foundation of the business. Very cool, very cool. So I mean, obviously, Shopify and those that don't know Shopify, I would say is probably one of the leading e-commerce platform in in today's market, right? I mean, obviously, even my storefront for for my merch is based upon that platform as well. Good, so, yeah. like, I want to talk about like going off topic a little bit. Like, what does your morning habits and your morning routines look like? Because again, obviously, you're a very focused individual. You're you're you're, you're highly um, detail oriented as well. So like when you wake up in the morning, I mean, I think earlier you said something like around three, four o'clock, five o'clock. So like, what are you doing in that time frame? Yeah, well, I, I get up, you know, I have my quiet time, which for me is a spiritual thing and, and just sort of like, you know, all right, I'm, I'm back on the planet. You know, I'm, I'm awake now. I said I have a cup of coffee. And shortly after that, I'm, I'm reading something about work, you know, learning something about marketing, learning something about communication, messaging, writing. And then not too long after that, I start writing. And, you know, I've got one book published, uh, a, a, an ebook that I sent out to people. I've got two other books in the works right now. Um, you know, articles, there's always articles to write, always. And then, you know, the emails start and the phone starts ringing about usually seven. So, it's they're long days. I, I usually don't stop until you know, five, six, seven. So they're they're long days. And I like it. So I mean, obviously, based upon what you just said, you're an avid reader, and I think you kind of dropped that you write in books a couple different times. So like, I want to talk about like on your journey, like what books would you recommend to up up and coming entrepreneur that have that you read that helped you to get to where you are? Oh yeah, man. I I actually. Um, a couple of years, a couple of years ago, maybe maybe three years ago now, because I think it was before lockdown, I published my Kindle list to my uh, private group, and I did that so that people could get some new titles because I like I like I like the old stuff really. I mean, I read all kinds of books, but there are all kinds of books that are you know, either out of print, uh, breakthrough advertising, you couldn't get that for the longest time. And thankfully, Brian Kurtz now has reissued that. And, you know, the the book is available and it's still ridiculously expensive, but um, I had considered purchasing it at $900 and it would have been worth every penny, you know, at, at that time. Um, he's got it for a lot less. So, um and that's a marketing book and that's about copywriting, understanding your market, um, you know, thing, things like this. And a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll ask me questions about what books should I read? I read two kinds of books. I read business books and spirituality. And that's pretty much it. Although 
I got a couple of plants that I'm going to have to start reading about because they're not doing so well. So, you know. <laughs> That's funny. So let's talk about your books. I mean, obviously you've published actually issued two books, right? So right, I, yes. let's, let's talk about the, the titles of those books and mm -hmm. ideally who's the ideal avatar that should be reading those books. Everything I'm doing is for retailers. Everything I'm doing is Main Street store or um, e-commerce store. And to me, that's the same thing. We're going to do those two environments in different ways, but they're the same thing. So um, retailers, um, I don't have one in front of me, uh, retailers email playbook that's available at Amazon. And it's just a short book about how to do email if you're a retailer. And it, I think it's 67 point i forget the whole set the subtitle is like way too long but it was 67 points to you know master your email basically if you're a retailer um and then the other one is the growth guide for retailers and that's uh, a short ebook that's available on my website and that's that's free so people can go to amybiddle.me and grab that uh right away that's free um on amazon if you uh, do a search either with retail retailers email playbook or my name Amy, Amy Biddle. It'll it'll come up. Um, but you know everything I do is to support how retailers are able to get control of their businesses and sell more. Um, and you know every once in a while I sneak in there a message like don't sell junk. Please don't sell junk. It's just going to end up in a landfill, you know, have some purpose. But the reason that you want to do that is you want to, it's not just about, obviously, keeping junk out of landfills is very important, but you need to differentiate your business too. Mm -hmm. So in thinking about who am I selling to, what am I selling them, and why should they buy, you have to know these things. You have to know, you know, what, what's my purpose, you know, have some purpose to your business. Um, and I tell people all the time, don't worry about your brand. Don't worry about, you know, the colors and the logo. We're not going to start there. We're going to start with how do you talk to your people? That's your list. How do you sell them things? That's your offer, lists and offers. And it always comes back to that. So that's what the books that I have published already and two more in the works that's what they're about very cool very cool mm -hmm. so i mean earlier on you were talking about some tools of the trade right i mean you mentioned facebook ads you mentioned clavio and you mentioned shopify so those are those are like your bedrock triangle trifecta are there any additional software applications or tools that you use on a day-to-day -day basis that you would not be able to do what you're doing without having access to absolutely yeah so the ad script system is the software where you can not just so yes you want to install the tracking pixels that you use for your ad platforms but with the ads group system that software is for tracking all of the traffic that comes through your site feeds your report directly which you can then upload to any ad platform you want uh, and do postal mail on top of that it does a bunch of other things too but that's the the bare bones of thinking about how it works. And I use that every day. Uh, it's on my um, website. I'll send you the link if you yeah. want to have it in the show notes. It's um, make paid ads work great again or something like that. But um, 
that's the file name. That's not the domain. So um, yeah, the ads group system, that's, that's the thing. Because if you don't know who you're talking to, how are you going to sell them anything? Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. And I mean, and to your point, I mean, there's so many different ways of leveraging different systems out there, like, you know, Bing, Google, uh, Instagram for, and, and again, unfortunately, because the privacy causes now, like they keep getting smaller and smaller about who you could target and how you could target them. So getting to know who these people are, if again, if you're not building your list organically, it, it has to be another way of doing it. Right. And that's what the ads group system is for, because that way you have control of your list. You have your customers, mm -hmm. people who bought, you have their contact information. And, you know, please, please, please take very seriously marketing to your in-house list, the customers. But then the prospects, you know, people who've come to your site who, you know, they didn't buy yet, but they're going to. They didn't opt in for a coupon, but you can still, you know, with the ads group system, you have a viable working prospect list that you can work from a bunch of different angles and you know you can't do business without it and you can upload that list to facebook twitter or i'm sorry facebook tiktok snapchat anybody who will take pinterest anybody who will take a customer upload google take your prospect list upload it and then do your marketing that way it gives you just so much more control I mean, yeah, I think I think it's a hell of an insightful thing to, to kind of talk about. I mean, it's like you're pre-filtering and you're refiltering, and then if you upload that bad boy back into Facebook, now you're making a real lookalike audience from actually people that will convert. So, yes. and again, if you don't even understand what lookalike audiences are, I mean, that is the real money behind Facebook ads. Until you get to lookalike audiences, you're just doing research and development. And again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what's your thoughts on what the statement I just made? Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. So you take the customer list and you make lookalikes and lookalikes are gold. So if you had to start, if somebody said to me, Amy, I know what my people are interested in, but I have a small customer list, like fewer than a thousand people. And I'm going to uh, uh, work on that. I'm going to say, yep, good. Interests are good. Lookalikes are better because with the lookalike audience, you can take that customer list or if you're working with me with, with the ads group system, you can have a prospect list mm. of real people, customer list, prospect list, real people. You upload that into your ad platform. Those look like audiences are gold. And you can um, chop those into 1% uh, segments out to like 10%, you know, the top 10% of everybody who's like, you know, built like, looks like, spends like, lives like, interested in, everybody in that main audience so yeah look like sir the bomb they're the goal so yep. i mean just, just to talk about look like audience in reference to like your ideal avatar so i mean obviously you're saying retailers but there's different type of retailers right there's the mom and pop retailer that have one location and then there's at scale multiple locations and then there's at mass scale multiple country locations right so who is the ideal retail person that you would love to work with you know, most of the people that I've worked with have been um, small, so like small teams, um, single owner or couple owner, and they have this business, um, either Shopify, many have been in person, um, you know, like a brick and mortar business, um, but they're big enough 
that until a couple of years ago, they were able to make a living just on Main Street, selling whatever they sell. But to a person, every single one comes to me and says, Amy, how do I get more customers? How do I get more people in the store? You know, they're, they know that once they get people in, they can sell. They're not worried about that. Everyone I work with is a brilliant merchandiser, but merchandisers are not marketers. It's a different, it's a different um, way of looking at things. It's a different approach. Very, very cool. So let's say we're, we're talking to them, right? And, you're, and like, I think you made a good point about them being merchandisers and they're not marketers. What words of wisdom would you like to deliver to them right now to kind of help them to move forward on their journeys? Absolutely. So if anybody's listening and you're really good at taking beautiful pictures of beautiful products and displaying them beautifully on your Shopify store or any platform, it doesn't matter. Um, keep doing that, but add in some words. You know, use uh, the collection space on the, the, there's space for text on collection pages. There's space for text for product descriptions. Use that, but don't, don't it's not a throwaway. Mm-hmm. You know, use that in a way that makes it possible for people to get excited um, about what it is that you're selling. And uh, metadata, so there's SEO fields to fill in. Uh, and there's also schema. If you really want to geek out, you know, let's talk about structured data. I love that stuff, man. I talk about structured data all day. So, but the the words behind what you're selling can make all the difference in the world. And one of my um, actually heroes in business is the Jay Peterman clothing catalog. <laughs> they sell clothing with like drawings of the items that they're selling it's crazy you can't even see i mean it was it wasn't until they got online you could actually see a photograph of a piece that they were selling they were like little cartoons of these pieces that they were selling and they're premium prices Hmm. you know so but they tell a story they always tell a story you know they're always about how the person is wearing this garment that they're selling and where they're going and what they're doing. So that that's a branding piece that is, it sets the tone. You're not buying a sweater, you're buying status. So, and that's one of the ways that any business person can differentiate. You know, when you come to our store, you're not just buying a necklace, a bag, a shirt, shoes, home decor, whatever the thing is. You're buying the status of what that thing gives you. And at the end of the day, if you can make people feel good and you can do something for them in that direction, you got them. Yeah, that's a very powerful statement. And I mean, I think it kind of goes back to like the core of copy for selling, right? I mean, you have to kind of promote the benefit versus the feature. Yes. The features, everyone has the similar features. Everyone could be wearing cotton. Everyone could be wearing silk. But what is the benefit of them wearing the silk or wearing the cotton or using that particular product? And that's what's going to invoke them to get the more emotional side of things involved and then convert to make the purchase. Because, again, majority and I don't know the exact numbers, but I would say majority of people that are making purchases are essentially they're purchasing based upon an emotional reaction versus a logical reaction. Yeah, we look for that. We look for that all the time because, you know, if people are buying, people buy an emotion and not logic. Um, and I've tested this too. Like I'll, I'll put out some really logical copy and it's crickets. And then I'll 
build something that's emotional and people get a lot more excited about that. But I do want to take your framework and take it a little bit further. So there are features. Here's a box. It has sides. It has a bottom. It has a top. Those are features. The benefits are I can open the box and I can put stuff in. That's a benefit. Let's take it one step further and go to the benefit of the benefit. So the feature is the box has sides, top and a bottom. Benefit, I can open that box and I can put things in it. The benefit of the benefit is I have decluttered my entire house mm. because of this box. Yep, yep. Which benefit goes right back the to benefit. the emotional side as well too, right? I mean, That's right, yep. Stress when their house is in a race, so definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, w- with that last statement, how do people find you? I mean, what's your, your, your website address? I mean, you're also a podcaster. What's your podcast information and how do they Thank find you on social media? Yeah, that's great. I, I'm excited to talk about that. So amybiddle.me, A-M-Y-B-I-D-D-L-E.me. That's my website. It's very compact, but, you know, uh, it's just like any um anyone in business i eat my own dog food right so it's on a shopify platform and um i use the blog uh feature i use page uh the page feature shopify has a whole lot of flexibility with how all this stuff works so that's why i do it um so my blog is there um the podcast is on there podcast is the traffic handler podcast and, um, you know, we just have a lot of fun. I've had a bunch of uh, direct response copywriters on there. I've had, you know, all kinds of people who the whole thing is about if you have a retail e-commerce store, every topic that's on there is something you can use, something you can take away and something you can learn from to run the business better and give you more control. Very cool. And I tell you, the avatar in my business mm-hmm. wants control. That's like the main thing. That's like key. So on, on your podcast, have you had a podcaster on your podcast to talk to your retailers about the power of podcasting and retail yet? Ooh, that's meta. <laughs> um, I don't think I have had a podcast host on yet. Oh, no, I take it back. I think it airs tomorrow. Yes, I, I have had one. I've had one, but you're absolutely right. I mean, one of the things that I talk to my people about is content for e-com and podcasting is a huge content. I mean, I transcribe every, every episode, you know, the traffic handler podcast. So when you go to my website, that's where you go. If you want to get the, the transcription, because there, there are three learning styles, right? There's visual people who want to see things and read things. People who are auditory, they prefer to listen, and people who are kinesthetic, and that's the kid on the ADD meds, and maybe that should have been me. I should have been doing like jumping jacks in the classroom, back of the room when I was a kid. So um, what happens is with podcasting, you and I both know the value of YouTube, you know, because the visual, the auditory, that all comes together, and you know, you can scribble while you're listening. I mean, that that's great. So we got everybody covered. Podcasting that covers the auditory. Um, if you are so strongly visual that you need to see like just the words, the transcript is huge. Um, and there are a lot of people who have a learning style that says, "Okay, I need to read while I'm listening, or I just need to read." And so that's one of the reasons that I, you know, sprung the extra expense. Uh, you know, to be able to put a transcript on every episode. 
Very cool. Very cool. And I mean, I think it's definitely a hell of a thing because I mean, obviously I'm a podcaster and I started my podcast 100% audio before I even got into YouTube, which I think before we started the show, I was having a conversation because, you know, in my systems that I have for onboarding, whoever I'm going to interview, I ask general questions. And one of the questions was like, how did you find out about the show? or Who recommended the show to you? And in yours, it was a little bit different than everyone else because everyone else is coming through like all my pipelines and yours was like, search. And I was like, what? Search? Like, who, who, where did you? And then after that, you were saying that you found this through YouTube. So it was definitely interesting to kind of hear your, your road to Boss and Cage. So going into that, right, I want to kind of ask you a, a bonus question or two bonus questions, actually. One is with all the achievements that you've you, you've dealt with. I mean, obviously, you've had 10,000 clients. You had the, the $81,000 person in six weeks. And that was not the only time that's ever happened to you. What is your most significant achievement to date? Ooh, uh, you know, I really think when, when a human being in the world that we live in with all of the conflict and all of the, the stuff in the world, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on or what side of any conflicts, when we can live together and just be like, you know, be good to other people, be calm, be peaceful, don't fly off the handle. Don't be reactionary. I think I think it's a win for anybody. And that's the space that I want to live in. And so, you know, one of the things that I use my little tiny empire of fame for is to help give that to other people. You know, so when I have the opportunity to say, just be be cool, be balanced, it's all right. You know, that's that's a good use of, of a platform to me very cool so going into the next bonus question with that being said right i mean obviously you're you're a big believer and i think earlier on you was talking about on one side you're very tech savvy and the other side you're very spiritual right yeah. so if you could go back in time or if you could think of anyone dead or alive that you would love to spend 24 hours with uninterrupted for those 24 hours who would it be and why um there was a spiritual teacher named Paul Brunton, and he died, I think, in the 80s, but a friend of mine studied with him, and um, his students called him P.B., Paul Brunton P.B. He was a prolific writer. Um, he was a very peaceful, uh, you know, balanced person, and I love everything that he writes and um i would like to have met him he's very he's cool. the guy yeah very cool and i think i kind of set up those dominoes i was like she's either going to pick one or the other is it going to be somebody tech or somebody spiritual it's going to be one of the yeah other. yeah he was he was low tech man he was totally low tech but you know he was a world traveler and um you know very uh peaceful a uh, person traveled the world, um, understood Eastern and Western thought and brought them together in a very interesting way. Um, so, yeah, that's very he's, cool. He's the guy. Very cool. So going into closing, man, you're a fellow podcaster. And I like to close out my podcast by giving the other person I'm interviewing an opportunity to interview me. So now the Boston Cage podcast is officially yours. Cool. And I'm your guest. Do you have any questions for me? I do. I do. Because I've heard you mention this on other episodes. I've watched a bunch of them. Um, I say watch. I mean, it was on YouTube. So you have mentioned that you had a stroke mm -hmm. and that's no joke. 
That is absolutely no joke. So my first question to you would be, you, what have you had to do to overcome from that? <laughs> it took about a year. It took yeah. a year. Um, one thing that I lost in that, that hurdle was like my speech. I'm a, I'm a native New Yorker. So I speak and I move with my hands, you know, I kind of feel like, like I'm a descendant of an Italian. Right. So, but unfortunately it took me a year to kind of build back up to this level of confidence and, and speak the way that I speak. So that was one thing. In addition to it, I had lost, um, like the right side of my face was drooped down my right hand and my right leg was not fully functional. So that took me a little bit of time to kind of get full motion back. Just, you know, I'm a rock climber as well. So like just being able to do a pull up, I had no grip strength on my right hand. So just like squeezing balls and, and, and trying to climb stuff, just kind of getting enough strength back. So all of that collectively took me about a year worth of working at it day and night to kind of get to where I am right now. And then it was like, okay, what am I going to do now that I can actually walk and talk again? And that's when I started doing podcasting. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, that, that must have taken, that must have been your full-time job because that's, that's a huge success that you've had. I mean, yes and no. I think I, I wouldn't say I take it for granted, but I look at it as just another hurdle, another obstacle, and it just becomes part of my story. So anytime I get confronted with someone that's going through something, I'm not just the person to say, well, yeah, you can push through it. I've actually been through some shit now. And I can actually say I've overcame it. And the way I overcame it was essentially mind over matter. I did not let the depression, because I think people don't realize when you have a stroke, the chemical formulas of your brain completely kind of change. And then you go through like this, this depression stage and I, the doctors kept telling me about it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, I, I'm steadfast. And then I got hit with it. And I was like, Oh, that's what the hell they're talking about. So I had to kind of really fight that to be able to physically recover. Yes. That's, that's amazing. That's, I mean, just, I know older people, older, older than me, even who have had strokes and, you know, they, it's, it takes work. So I'm amazed by that. So I have another question. Yep. Um, it's a leap in a totally different direction. And I know that you are also an author, yep. but what's your favorite book that you didn't write? Wow. Wow. Kind of like you, I mean, I have a split personality, right? So like on one side, it could essentially be like a technical book and on the other book would kind of be like a self-help motivation book. Mm -hmm. And I would think the combination of Russell Bronson's Traffic Secrets yes. with four-hour work week, I think the combination of those two, like the lifestyle of four-hour work week is I think every entrepreneur's dream and aspirations to travel the world, still make money and live your life. But how would you really do that without knowing how to create and provide traffic to your point to give a product and solve a problem. So I, I think if it was those two books were merged together, that would be the ideal book that eventually I, I'm planning on writing some version of that. Right. That's great. I, I want that. So when you have the, the pre-sale page, please send it to me <laughs> because I want that book. Well, I can tell you this, as far as my niche goes, I finally decided on my core niche. So obviously I'm going to write that book, but it's going to be essentially focused towards podcasting, which yes. falls in your category as well. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm selfish enough to be really excited to know, okay, this is for me and it's coming out for me and I'll just look for it. So that'll be good. That'll be good. Um, so um, we talked about service earlier. So the natural progression then is for me to ask you what, um, 
what can I and people in your audience do for you? I would I would think because now where we're getting into the, the space and we're getting ready to release the boss and cage accelerator program. So mm-hmm. with that program and it's, it's it's like I'm using terminology that sounds new, but it's not really new terminology. Again, we're targeting entrepreneurs, business owners, startups, even corporate America to teach them how to create a podcast, but not a external podcast like what you and I do. We put it on a syndication and it broadcasts to the world. What would it look like if you keep it internal? It's almost like mm-hmm. behind a paid wall, but it gives the opportunity for your employees to know the story of the owner, know the story of the founder. Imagine, if you will, if Apple had an internal podcast like that and Steve Jobs was on it the first few years. And you yeah. have new employees coming in now, have an opportunity to listen to Steve Jobs' internal thoughts or internal interviews of what he's doing and why he's doing it and then yeah. leaving that behind for the next generation. So that's like the next big thing we're working on. So ideally, if you know anyone that, wants to market but they're scratching their head on how to market mm-hmm. and definitely you know send them my way because again i think marketing <laughs> through podcasting is an opportunity that can't be missed and again it creates a legacy that is awesome cool i'm gonna keep an eye out for that <clears throat> um those were the three questions that i had prepared so i'm out of questions Cool. Well, I definitely appreciate you. I think that this was a definitely a hell of an episode. Anyone out there that's into retail, both physical and online, this is an episode that you need to listen to, whether you're on eBay or you're on Shopify or you're even trying to open up a brick and mortar inside the mall. The opportunities and the detailed information that Amy delivered today is, is hell of value and hell of insightful. So I definitely want to say thank you for being on the show today and thank you for taking time out your busy schedule. I say thank you. Appreciate your time. Great. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 732-233- Two three three boss. That's seven six two two three three two six seven seven. I would love to hear from you. Remember to become a boss in cage. You have to release your inner beast. S. A. Grant signing off. Listeners of Boss and Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host S. A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.